Go for it. Did you just oh. do a French braid? Like when you were, I thought you were doing a regular braid, but I realize now it looks like a French braid. A little bit. Yeah. Wow. I'm so impressed you can do that without a mirror. Well, it's not like I can see the back of my head while I'm doing it. I'm impressed by you. Just let me be impressed by you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's my <laughs> one skill. Everyone always comments on it. It's the only thing I can do. You have A plus braiding skills. Excellent. If I'm ever in a braiding emergency. Call who, me. Call Bonnie. Who are you going to call? I was, that was the joke I was going to make. Okay, fine. You, you already you stole it. That's okay. That's cool. I know. I saw it coming. Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today, we're talking about Tickets to My Downfall by Machine Gun Kelly, released in 2020 under Bad Boy and Interscope Records. And my guest is Bonnie. Hello. Bonnie, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me back after what I thought was a horrible time last time. You were the most critical person. (laughs) I I think it was a grand episode. Well, thank you. I'm just fishing for compliments now. No, it was a grand episode. You and uh, you came in. It was your first time on the podcast. We talked about the Moulin Rouge soundtrack, which was like epic. It was a good one to start off on. It's a passionate one. A passionate one to start off with. And uh, I'm happy you agreed to come back to talk about a very different type of record today. Indeed. Wide range musics. Absolutely. But this, a wide range in musics, precisely. Um, but yeah, Machine Gun Kelly, very different from the, the Boz Lormans of the world. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts. But uh, the listeners didn't get a chance to hear last time, Bon, about, you know, who, wh- what your music tastes look like and what you're really into. So has there been anything, you know, particularly in quarantine, I feel like I've been discovering a lot of new kinds of music. Have you discovered anyone new or started listening to any new genres? Or have you just stayed like down that old folky path that you're normally on <laughs> the folky path I've certainly maintained on my folky path but just staying at home and you know I need to burst forth and listen to something new as well so I have been exploring different genres and as you know we talked about a musical last time Moulin Rouge I did discover uh, a new musical called Hades Town. so uh, good this quarantine and I did tell you about it a while ago, but uh, you ignored me. <laughs> and then a couple days ago, you texted me and said, have you ever heard of Town? It's great. To which I had to respond, Kiara, I told you about this last year. <laughs> How dare you? And then she goes and pulls up the screenshots and pulls up the receipts. And I was like, because you didn't believe me. You're like, no, no, you didn't tell me about this. I had to prove you wrong. And you did. I said, have you heard of this new musical, Kiara? And you ignored me. And then you tried to pull it off as your own discovery. And And I've never been more hurt. I deeply apologize, Bonnie. I hope you won't hold that against me in this episode. But for anyone who hasn't um, heard the musical Town, or if you're interested in musicals, Broadway musicals, just musicals in general, I'd highly recommend checking it out. Or Greek mythology. Which is kind of where my two interests met in this one, because I love Greek mythology, as do you. We both took yes. classes. Good we class. both took classes. I fucking love Greek mythology, man. And like, who'd have thought that someone was going to, it was kind of like when Hamilton came out and people were like, who would have thought that like American history and musicals would make something would so beautiful? Fit, yeah, would fit so well. And then there's this like Greek mythology, Greek myth about like Orpheus and Eurydice and like Hades and all these fun, like Greek characters that you yeah. may know of. And like, melded into this like beautiful story somehow do you think we love it so much because we love the hercules disney movie so much it's entirely possible 
because I'm anywhere and I'm gonna be on board. I think Hades is the best Disney villain. I would agree with that. He's definitely the sassiest and most relatable. Yeah, I don't blame him for being mad. No, he really got fucked. He also has, I think, the best outfits, just all black. Agreed. And like hair. That's true. You and skulls. I hadn't thought of that. I could see you wearing that. That entire ensemble. There's a part of the movie where he like summons a chalice and it like appears out of thin air and it's like, uh, you know what I mean? Do you know the part I'm talking about? And it's got like, I think it has a skull on it or it's either like black or whatever. And I was like, I like literally have that chalice. It's like (laughs) in my apartment. (laughs) Well, to to pivot in a completely different direction. Anyway, that's what I've been doing during That's what you've been doing during quarantine. We, uh, I mean, like, hey, Machine Gun Kelly also technically made a musical out of this album. So I feel like there's a little bit of a segue that we can go on right now to the next part of the podcast. It makes sense. Musical to musical or musical to like movie musical thing that I couldn't actually watch all of, but that's fine. That's not a comment on the album. Not at all. That's my attention span. (laughs) Well, before we get into this Tickets to My Downfall record, and we'll talk a little bit about the the Downfalls High movie as well. Um, For anyone who maybe doesn't know about Machine Gun Kelly, I'm going to give the listeners a bit of a backstory. Bonnie, you ready? I'm here for it. I need to know about it because I didn't know who Machine Gun Kelly was until this album. So tell me more about it. I will tell you more about him. Did you know, do you know what his real name is? Before he was Machine Gun Kelly, do you know who he was? Colton Baker? So close. Colson. Damn it. Oh, Colson Baker. That was really close though. I could, I could feel it. I know we've talked about it before. It was so close yet so far. I distinctly remember you saying, I hate the name Coulson. It's weird. I kind of like it. Name. I don't vibe that name. Why though? I like the name. I think it's kind of cool. It's kind of, it reminds me of like some kid in like that you grew up with where his name was like Griffin or like something kind of cool and edgy. Hey, but like I grew Phoenix. up with a kid named Coulson and he was just the biggest weenie. So I think that's it. <laughs> Sorry, Coulson. But he was just like, he tried too hard. He wasn't a cool kid, but like he wanted to be. All I can think of though is that there's some poor kid, you know, somewhere in Cochrane, Alberta named Colson who's like ripping out his headphones being like that fucking bitch. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I've just lost you a listener. Colson, you're a very nice fellow. I know people who had crushes on you. It's all right. It gets better after high school. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it also needs to get worse. No, just kidding. <laughs> Okay, so tear you down first. Then exactly. Tear you down to nothing so you can build yourself back up. This is true. So yes, before Machine Gun Kelly became Machine Gun Kelly, he was Colson Baker, just a kid who moved around the world with his missionary parents from Egypt to Germany to the US. Oh damn, missionary parents. Missionary parents. Get out. That's yep. insane. Yep. And uh, didn't have the happiest of childhoods, I'd say. His mother left when he was quite young, so he lived with his father and his aunt in Denver, Colorado. But his father also left while he was battling with his own demons, uh, specifically depression. So he grew up with his aunt. And uh, his dad returned a few years later, and he moved both him and Colson to Cleveland, Ohio. And Cleveland is very important city to um, Colson Baker, Machine Gun Kelly now. He actually opened, I don't know if you know this, Bond, but he opened a uh, coffee shop. A coffee shop. A coffee shop. A shop. He opened a coffee shop called uh, 27 Club, 27 Club Coffee Okay, in Cleveland. Very fond of it. He has like a song. I can't remember what the song is called. It might be called Cleveland or Cleveland Love or something to do with Cleveland. He's a very big advocate for the city. Big part of his his legacy, his story. Um, 
And he grew up listening to hip hop records from DMX to Eminem. And as he got older, he honed his own rap style, began to freestyle. But that wasn't enough to support him financially, especially after he was kicked out of the house by his dad and he became a father himself. Oh, God. Oh, my God. This poor man. He's been through it. Such a rough, like, bringing up. He has been through it. He has been through it, but he began to gain traction after the release of his second mixtape, which was called Lace Up. And in 2011, he caught the attention of Sean Combs, who we may know more colloquially as P. Diddy or Puff Daddy. Interesting. Sean Combs. Sean eh? Combs. Correct. Uh, He saw him at South by Southwest and he offered him a record deal with his record label, Bad Boy. Uh, And Machine Gun Kelly recycled the the Lace Up title for his first studio album, which was a rap record, was released in 2012 and eventually went gold. And between his collaborations with heavy hitters like Young Jeezy, Wiz Khalifa, and Kellen Quinn of the band Sleeping With Sirens, and a very public feud with Eminem, the era of Colson Baker ended and Machine Gun Kelly's fame was on the rise. Interesting. This is all so new to me. You know what? Except for the feud with Eminem, which I didn't know about until today. Today? But, but I was asking, I had no idea about it. And I was talking to someone I work with about like Machine Gun Kelly. And that's what I was listening to. And he was like, is that the guy who had a feud with Eminem? And I was like, what? I What are you talking about? And then I Googled it. And this whole like world came down. Like, oh my God. Have you listened to the song Rap Devil by Machine no. Gun Kelly? So it was like, I think it was a response to, I don't know a lot about the feud. I'm definitely not an expert, but from what I heard, Machine Gun Kelly made some choice comments about Eminem's daughter, Haley. And uh, that's a, you know, a a very sensitive subject for Eminem. Yeah. As we know. Um, And so Eminem released, I think a diss track against Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly retaliated with this rap devil track, which is like, honestly, it's pretty fire. I'm going to say that. I'm going to have to give it a listen. I mean, it's rap and I know you don't like rap, but it was back in Mich- when Machine Gun Kelly was a purely rap person and a rap person. Oh my God. He was a rap artist. <laughs> and then Eminem released another diss track after that. Like, I feel like they've just gone back and forth, but it's funny because like Machine Gun Kelly, like considered Eminem one of his influences, influencing his own style. Yeah. You were talking about like, he like grew up listening to Eminem. I feel like Haley, like Haley Mathers. I don't know what, I don't, if like that's territory you don't touch with Eminem. You come near Eminem at all. Eminem has no shame in tearing you down to absolutely nothing. That's, yeah. Eminem, you don't fuck with Eminem. No. He's literally terrifying. Yeah. I enjoy Eminem's music. You know what? Maybe he's a nice guy. I don't know. I don't think he probably is a great guy, but who knows? He's so like articulate in his insults and he like goes after things that are just like very specific. And like, again, much like us after high school, you have to get torn down to literally nothing. (laughs) That's fair. Build yourself back up. And I think that's what happened to Machine Gun Kelly. Maybe because he certainly built himself back up. Although I'm Phoenix from the ashes. Yeah. Beautiful. He's beautiful. I mean, and I know he had some other stuff before this album, but. This, again, was really when I started listening to him. So. Same. Girl, same. Absolutely. Um, I do have a fun fact for you. Tell me. So Tell me it. Machine Gun Kelly got his pseudonym from someone named George Kelly Barnes, who was an American gangster, and he's best known for kidnapping a major oil tycoon in the 1930s. I love that. <laughs> Through big oil. I love that. Well done. And so this guy, George Kelly Barnes, his favorite weapon was a Thompson submachine gun. So that's why he earned himself the name Machine Gun Kelly. And then Colson Baker was like, I want that mine. I want that vibe. Yeah. (laughs) 
And so began I, the birth of Machine Gun Kelly that we know today. That's so fun. I Super love fun. that. A I fun never fact. thought about where that name came from. I was just like, you know what? If he's a rapper. P. Diddy came from Sean Coombs. So like, why not? Sean Combs. Sean Combs. I apologize. <laughs> And so a little bit of background on the record we're going to talk about today. In 2019, it was revealed that Machine Gun Kelly had begun to work with Travis Barker, who we know and love from Blink-182. We've talked about Blink-182 a lot on the podcast. So yes. good. I love, yeah, everyone loves Blink-182. If you don't, you're a literal psychopath. Literally. I 100% yeah. agree. <laughs> um, and uh, this album was going to be really special because Machine Gun Kelly said that it was going to be a fully realized pop punk album versus his previous releases, which were all very rap focused. Um, and the album dropped while we were amidst a lockdown in September 2020, along with three big singles, Bloody Valentine, Concert for Aliens and My Ex's Best Friend featuring Black Bear. The album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart and received positive reviews from critics. And the promotion was also well-received via a live stream show at the world-famous Roxy Theater in LA. And the songs were incorporated into the Downfalls High movie, which premiered on Facebook in 2021. The album became the highest debut in Machine Gun Kelly's career, eventually going platinum in Canada and silver in the US. Impressive. Big record. Huge record. And I understand why. It's fantastic. I know. I'm so excited. Like, honestly, this has been one that I've been wanting to talk about on the pod since it came out, which I know it wasn't that long ago because it was literally just last year. It feels like a while ago, though, because it's become such like a staple of my like listening to like on a weekly basis. Like I listen to this album at least once a week or at least like some songs from it. So it feels like it's been part of my life for like a lot longer since last September. I thought it was longer ago. I just feel like that's kind of like the quarantine vibe, you know, like things feel like they were so long ago before we went into lockdown. Like when you're like thinking back to like even early 2020, you know, before, before we started recording the call today, we were talking about the last time I saw you, which was January of 2021. No, 2020. (laughs) See, I even, I can't even remember. But it was, it was my birthday and it was a year and a half ago, 2020, January, 2020, before the world decided to light itself on fire. Yeah. And just burn in hell. And like just burn in hell. Burn down to nothing. Burn down to build back up. Yeah. I enjoy the theme this time, Kiara. It's all connected. <laughs> it's all connected. Okay. So Bonnie, we have some lovely drinks ahead of us today, uh, to pay tribute to the first big single off the record, which is called Bloody Valentine. We have found the very fitting Bloody Valentine cocktail to drink tonight. Yes. I can't believe, again, you never cease to amaze me finding drinks that fit so well with these albums. It's Thank you. I spend a lot of time on the internet and it turns out. I couldn't find the recipe for this other than the one you sent me because all I could find on was Rachel Ray's website. That's where I got it from. But I couldn't find it on her website. Like it said, this is where you get the recipe but I couldn't find it posted there. Rachel was hiding it from me. So I'm glad Rachel. Oh, she lied. Rachel Ray lied, but you know what? It's, it's a good cocktail. I'm excited to be drinking it today. Um, and it's a pretty easy one to make, although I will say sourcing some of the ingredients is, uh, a little bit tough, but that's okay because we have modified versions to present to you today as well. But if you want to make the true bloody Valentine cocktail, what you will need is one and a half ounces of gin, three quarter ounces of blood orange juice, three quarter ounces of simple syrup, couple dashes of Campari, top it all off with champagne and you're good to go. Now, couple things, blood oranges are not easy to find. Blonnie, 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 
That's me. I am Bonnie. There you are. Uh, Bonnie was able to find blood oranges. I, however, was not. So I had to make it um, a little bit more interesting myself and use some grapefruit slash orange juice slash cranberry juice. Also, if you're like me and you think that Campari is the devil's booze, you um, can use some cranberry juice just to like get the color. It's gross, Bonnie. Don't act like you like Campari. I've never had Campari. Have you ever, you never had like a Negroni? No. Oh, they're gross. I don't live in the big city. I've never had a Negroni because they're all the rage there, apparently. I don't know if they're all the way. I, like, I hear really good things. I know people who like love a good Negroni. My mom, Dina, shout out. She shout out loves, Dina. loves the Negronis and I just can't do it, man. Like it's not for me at all. I've just, I have no idea what it tastes like. So I can't give you my opinion on adding Campari to this. I enjoy it without Campari. Yeah, me too. I'm happy with the mixture that we came up with today. I mean, like there's definitely booze in here. You can, you can taste the gin. It's oh yeah. There. I can taste the wine. It's kind of covering, or I guess it's supposed to be champagne. I apologize. I can taste the champagne, not the wine mixed with sparkling soda. Bonnie also had a modified version of the cocktail. But I have blood oranges, which is the important part because that's part of the name. Very true. Thanks for shaming me on my own podcast. Much appreciated. That's what, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> okay, Bon. So I'm excited to talk to you about the songs on this record. We know that there's a lot. I think we're going to have a lot in common that we really, really love, to be honest with you. But- I- what I want to hear about first is what your relationship looks like with Mishinka and Kelly. So how did you discover him? How did you start listening to him? And then how did you start listening to this album? So this is going to be brief. My relationship with Machine Gun Kelly was not strong before this album. <laughs> I had no idea who he was before this album. I didn't discover this album. You showed it to me. I got a text from you, which I didn't ignore, by the way, wow. that said, you should listen to this album. And I was going to ignore you. <laughs> oh my God. And just like, pretend I listened to it and be like, hey, Kiara, like, I didn't really vibe this. Like, whatever. Because I saw Machine Gun Kelly. And like, I guess I lied when I said I didn't know who he was. I vaguely knew that he was a rapper. And I was like, why does Kiara think I want to listen to this? This is going to be hot garbage. I'm not interested. She knows I like folk music and musicals <laughs> about Greek mythology. Why am I here? But I listened to it anyway. And I'm so glad I did because it is just like throwback to like high school, middle school, just like feel good, like punk pop jams. It like, again, like I said, I listen to it like once a week, probably just because if I'm having a bad day at work or something, or I'm feeling kind of like run down, it's like pumped up enough that like, it reminds me that like, I'm not just like a mindless drone at work that I'm like, I'm interesting. I listen to like this fun, like pop jam music. Like I'm not boring. Please God (laughs) remind me I'm not boring. And like, I love it for that. So do you think if I never told you about it, you wouldn't have discovered this record, even though I know you love a good Blink-182. I know you love a good pop punk effort. We've talked before about, uh, you know, Mariana's Trench has been a subject of the pod before. I know you you dabble in the, Mar- the Mariana's Trench. I do dabble. So you don't think you would have discovered this on your own somehow? I don't think so. Because when I listen to like, when I go on Spotify and I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to Mariana's Trench or some like Metro Station or Blink-182 or whatever, something like pop punky. It's always like a throwback playlist I find. Got it. That's what's like comforting to me are these like pop punk music that I'm familiar with that like that's what I go back to. It's not new pop punk music that's popping up on my Spotify playlist because all I was listening to were like 
those old throwback ones. And I never would have seen like, oh, Machine Gun Kelly has a new album. I'm going to listen to that. Or even if I had seen a news article that like Machine Gun Kelly had a pop punk album, like I never would have listened to it because I don't know. It just wouldn't have like tickled my fancy or anything. So I wouldn't have thought, was that weird? Maybe. But I would not have listened to the album if you had not introduced me to it. And I'm so glad you did because like, it just makes me feel so good. And I love it. And I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad you love it. It's it, I, it, it's good that you bring that up though, too, because I feel like with this record, it was a big risk for him to to do because yeah. all of his fans who he who we would have garnered at this point in his career would have mm-hmm. been a fan of his rap records, his rap, right? Yeah. And his like fan base that he had built up and like worked to build up would have been rap. Exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, he I think he kind of like showed airs of what else he could do, like his range in a few songs. Um his one that. of the one of his albums that I actually really like, which is which is a, a rap album, but the his In Bloom, I think it's called In Bloom or Bloom, something like that, um, record, which has like Let You Go and 27. And- yeah, I love 27. Like there yeah, are, like- now that I've listened to this album, like when I'm listening to Spotify, like I'm like new music from, or not new music, I guess it's old music, but like Machine Gun Kelly, like will pop up more often in like my, my playlist and there, there'll be old ones, but they'll be the old like kind of punky one yeah the older rap music which I still don't think I would like very much and I don't either I feel like I'm very much in tune with what he's doing now versus Mm -hmm. versus before so my my history with Machine Gun Kelly is also very brief um literally was not on my radar until a couple years ago and I remember it distinctly because it was around the time I started the pod and (laughs) I had just been doing research for another episode. I I can't even remember which one it was now, but, um, I was watching some videos on YouTube and I happened to get a recommendation to watch this machine gun Kelly video, which was machine gun Kelly featuring young blood and Travis Barker of blink 182 for the song. I think I'm okay. First of all, at this point, hadn't heard of machine or I heard of machine gun Kelly, but I knew I didn't like him. Yeah. Hadn't heard of young blood. And then I knew Travis Barker and I was like, okay, well like this could be interesting. I'm just going to put it on and give it a watch. Not really knowing what I was in for. And this video came on and I was watching it and I was listening to it and I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is, this is blink 182. But in whatever year this was 2019, whenever I was watching, I was like, someone, someone took what made blink so special in the late nineties, early two thousands. And like, kind of made it just a little bit heavier and a little, maybe a bit more harsher for lack of a better word. Harder. It is harder. It's hard. You're right. It's like, and I think that's why I love it because it is like blink 182, but it's not, it's a little more like guttural, not guttural. That's the wrong word, but like just deep, Kind of, it's more raw, I think. Yeah, it's more raw. That's a good word. Yeah. Blink-182, but not like soft kind of like we're in high school now. It's Blink-182, like you've got like some more experiences. It's a little more intense now. It's Blink-182 at 27 years old. Yeah, that's fair. Grown up. Grown up. Grown up. Yeah. Not quite grown up, but like getting there. But like getting like, there. Holy yeah. shit. But yeah. older. And like, wow, shit's pretty fucked up. Not like, yeah. Let the roses on the stairs, but it was so nice. No, this is like the deep shit. Um, But I also, it began my obsession with uh, like just him physically as a person where I'm like, oh, this guy's really attractive. Oh, just beyond hot. But it's really funny because you talk to people and it's very polarizing, this Machine Gun Kelly hot opinion because there are people who are like, yeah, there's no in-between with Machine Gun Kelly, by the way. You either really, really, really find him attractive or you're like, what the fuck's wrong with these people? It's one or the two. 
who is not finding him attractive? Lots of people, Bonnie. Lots who of people. are you out there? What's wrong with you? Lots of people do not find him attractive. Maybe if you don't like tattoos, he's covered. That's fair. He's covered. He has a very sharp look about him. It's the yes. cheekbones. I know we've discussed this. Like, it's yeah. the silly well, We look. like cheekbones. Yeah, we love cheekbones. We kind of love that creepy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's the same reason why we think Killian Murphy's hot. It's the like it's the exact same energy. He's also like that angsty, like bad, bad boy. boy. I never thought I was into, but like I really vibe it when it's Machine Gun Kelly, and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of into that. I. But yes, do I find Machine Gun Kelly attractive? 100. I'll take that to the bank. He's on my t-shirt. We're we've invested. It's impressive. Yeah. Thank you. So when the first single came out, because I remember, okay, so I heard this, I think I'm okay. And I was like, this is great. I need more of this. But then I tried going back to his other albums and I'm like, nothing is giving me this. So then when I heard he was working on this record with Travis, I was like, holy shit, this could be it. Like this could be the album that gives me the life that I need during quarantine. And then when he dropped the first single, which was Bloody Valentine, I was like, oh my God, my life's complete. You see, I hadn't even, like, I didn't listen to this single before you sent me the album. I was No way. You were, like, interested. Like, you knew it was coming. You were interested. You were kind of waiting for it. I had no idea until you sent me the whole thing. So, so you like, had the you full experience. more interesting build up to this than I do. I was waiting. Like, this, I very rarely have records where I'm, like, holding it. Unless it's, like, one of, like, my favorite artists. And, I, they, you know, I've been following them on Instagram, the promo. I'm, like, okay, they're releasing an album. It's coming out, whatever, June 22nd. Like, I'm ready. I was never like that with Machine Gun Kelly. But I followed him specifically on social media to be, like, I need to know when this album goes live so I can listen to it. Interesting. I was so ready for it. And uh, it was just, it became one of my favorite records in a profoundly shitty year. That's fair. You know I what I mean? That helped it. Like, I would have loved it even if it wasn't a shitty year. But like, it has helped me through really crappy days, which is like a weird thing to say about like a pop punk album. It lifts you up just because it's kind of a throwback, but it's not a throwback. But it makes you feel like I don't know, like you're just like crazier than this boring work like day you've had sitting at home in front of the laptop or something. It's like, oh no, but like people at work wouldn't expect me to be listening to this afterwards while I'm like making dinner or something. I'm like raging to Machine Gun Kelly. But I think it's also, you know, to to stick with that point for a moment, like if you think about the punk scene, like back when punk first emerged, right? If you think about bands like Black Flag or Sex Pistols or whatever, like the whole theme was about rebellion and defiance and kind of going against the grain of what society expected of you or who they wanted you to be. And not that I'm saying Machine Gun Kelly is, you know, completely on par with somebody like Black Flag, but like, like he didn't begin the genre like, like they did. But at the same time, like he, I feel like he also introduced this a little bit, you know, more palatable version of what punk was to a whole new generation of kids, to a whole new generation of fans. Yeah, it yeah. had kind of like quieted down after like yeah. and after Blink-182 kind of like slowed down and like all of that kind of age slowed down. And he kind of brought it back like to life. And I love that. It's like getting a new album like in middle school, except we're 27 now. And like we're at work, but it's like, this is great. Like it makes me feel the way I felt when I was like in middle school. I totally agree. And that's, I think, the beauty of punk or even pop punk. Is, yeah. And I think it reminds you, I think, who you are and who you want to be. and uh, to, Yeah, who you've kind of like been forced into being because like you need to have a job, you need to have money. It's like, but this is who you are. And like, remember that. 
Exactly. A hundred percent. Now, before we get into the songs, I do have to mention one quick thing, which is, uh, I don't know about you, Bonnie, but I live for M- Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox and being Megan together. Fox. Oh my goodness. I was waiting for this because they're <laughs> both so hot. Like Machine Gun Kelly is super fucking hot. Megan Fox, like even hotter. I don't know. Like I've always had a crush on Megan Fox. She's so- Who doesn't? And like yeah. super cool. Like you just wouldn't expect her to be so edgy and like but she works with Machine Gun Kelly so well. Uh, it's a wonder that they just don't implode. I don't know how they don't. I don't know how they go about like me trying to picture just their like normal lives living together. I just like start crumbling. Like I don't, I cannot fathom that. Just yeah. these two wildly attractive, wildly edgy, like what do these people do in their private lives? Like how do they go about being them? How do you go about walking down the street and looking that good every single day? I don't know, especially together. Too hot, too hot. They're literally too hot. I want to talk about the songs now. There are so many to talk about it. This is a massive record, a lot of bonus tracks too, which we may not be able to get into today, but I want to hear from you first. What, where do you want to start the discussion today? Which song do you want to start with? Okay, I would like to start the discussion with maybe the most like cliche place to begin this discussion with Bloody Valentine. That's my favorite song off the record. It's yeah, it's my favorite song off the record between just like the original and then the acoustic version. Yes. I, I love acoustic like re-recordings of songs because it's just my folk girl coming through. I love acoustic versions. Yes. But I also love like the non-acoustic version. It really depends on what I'm vibing during the time. So they're both fantastic. I feel like this is like a two in one right off the bat. Like it was my favorite song. I thought it reminded me of something and I still don't know what it is. See, I feel like we've, I mean, we've talked about Blink-182 a lot already leading up to this point, but to me, that's what I heard. When, when, when I first heard the beginning where he was like, the simulation just went bad. Like I hear yeah. like Mark and Tom, like I, I just yeah. immediately, it was like, this is all just power chords and funny lyrics and yeah. like kind of shitty vocals. Like, sorry, but like, you know, like Not it was great, but like, it's still like, it's, it's everything else that makes it good. And yeah, like maybe it was just blank. Maybe it was just like throwing me. I was like, this is so familiar. And maybe it wasn't an actual song I was thinking of. Maybe it's just like, this is blank. Yeah. I, that, that's honestly what it reminded me of. And I think that's why I love it so much. Like again, but going back to some older episodes of the podcast, but we've talked about enema of the state. We've talked about take off your pants and jacket. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the, the year that those records came out, but were between 1999 and 2001. So let's go back 20 years. This was yeah. the music that was kind of like hitting the mainstream. Like it, it became cool to listen to bands like blink. And I feel like it's kind of cool to listen to machine gun Kelly. Now, like you're yeah. almost a little bit more underground to listen to like this version of Machine Gun Kelly versus the mainstream rap version that he was. Yeah. Right? 100%. And it's just fun. Like I find myself singing this in the shower, dancing around like my condo to this song. Like back- Yeah, this is the song where like if I'm making dinner and like it's after work and I want to listen to Machine Gun Kelly, I'll put the album on and I will play it. Like I'd like to play the album just like from beginning to end. Yeah. Because I genuinely love like most of the songs on the album. But when this one comes on, like that's when I start like taking my hair down and like dancing and shaking and like getting down to it. Because I'm getting down to it. I promised myself I wouldn't say anything stupid like that this time. Yet here we go. Drink number two just started. Already making a fool of myself. I love it. Don't ever change. 
No, but I agree with you. It's very freeing. To, it's just like a fun thing. And I can imagine how cool it would be to see this live and be like, yeah. you know, at a show with your friends. Like if you and I went to go see Machine Gun Kelly, like next year when concerts are safe, man, would, we would have the best time. Yeah. It would literally be the best concert experience, like the best experience because you could just like, I could picture being like seeing Machine Gun Kelly. He's performing Bloody Valentine live. Like we're just in the crowd. Everyone's singing it. We're just like, having such a good time because everyone like loves this song you can't not yeah. love it like this was the song that when I first showed Eric the album he was like oh like I don't think I like this song like this is the song that like turned him to loving the album because this was the one they were like playing on the like radio that when yeah. we were like driving in the car and we listening to the radio this would come on and I would turn the volume up and like wear him down what do you think the, the term bloody valentine means because in my mind where he's like um, the, my favorite part of the song is like the pre-course where he's like, I don't do fake love, but I'll take some from you tonight. Absolutely. I can't sing this, like that part of a song at all. I mean, I don't, I can't either. Nobody can sing it. I can't do that. Yeah. It's just his vocals. But I mean, like to me in hearing that and being like, okay, so maybe it's like being really into somebody and like wanting to be with them, but also they're like not great for you, but like, it doesn't really matter. And that's why they're like the bloody balance. Like maybe I'm getting too deep. Yeah. You want them, but like, it's a bad idea. And like, it's, it's going to end bloody. Yeah. I think it's fake love. Yeah. But it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. That's a fun, like, that's what you want. Right. I mean, it's not what you want because you get like sad after that, but like in the moment, like that's what you want is like someone you like are really digging, but you know, it's bad for you. Oh, so good. So, so good. I'm, I love this song. Great way to start off the, uh, the conversation bond. Absolutely love bloody Valentine and we're drinking bloody Valentine. So appropriate. cheers yeah, to my, my another girl. bloody Valentine. Okay. I'm going to go next. Yes. Tell me. I it's hard because I like a lot. I do. Okay. I was trying to think of this beforehand. I was listening to the album today and I was like, I like too many of these. Like I was going to make a list from beginning to end. And I kept like shoving them in between each other and being like, I don't know what's better. I know. And there's like a lot of, oh fuck. Like, okay. You know what I'm going to go to? I'm going to kind of like hold back on this one, this other one that I really want to talk about because I want to stick with this high energy vibe. Okay. And a song that I was surprised to find that I actually really love the most on the record, which is actually the first song off the record, the title track. I love title <laughs> track. Okay. I had that written down as like, I started the album. I was going to list down like songs I liked from top to bottom and like trying to organize it and title track. And I was like, you're going in first already. Like it's so much fun. It comes out so strong. It, it kind of starts quiet. It starts yeah. off where it's like, I got tickets to come see my downfall. And it's like a story. Like he is yeah. the beginning of the, like, it's, I understand how they could just make this into like a movie, like downfalls alert. Oh my God. Yeah. Downhalls high. Downhalls high. Downfalls high. Not downfalls. <laughs> downfalls. Oh my God. Downhalls high. But like, because it starts like a story and it's slow. And I think that is what drew me into the album when you first sent it to me was that title track was the first song on the album and it starts slow and then builds up into like crazy and fun. And like, yeah. it's, I, I don't know if it's an underrated song. I don't know what other people's opinions are, but like you clearly enjoy it as well. I love it. I love it. And I, I did a little bit of research on this song too, because I really love the title of the record. Like this idea of somebody buying tickets to come see your downfall. I feel like 
you know, it might not be the most deep thing in the entire world, but I was actually like pleasantly surprised to see it come from somebody like Machine Gun Kelly. Like I was like, that's actually really profound to have this idea. There's artists out there who literally leave everything that's a part of them out on the stage for other people to enjoy. And in a way it can kind of eat away at themselves and their own mental health, their own self-esteem, all of these kinds of things. And I feel like in a way too, you know, Machine Gun Kelly has had a lot of struggles growing up in his life and he's also kind of capitalizing on that in the way that he writes, but it's also cathartic for him and therapeutic. So it's like- He's getting it out. It's also kind of like tickets to my downfall. Like he's kind of trying something new. Like this Ooh, album. Is also, yes. It's like these are like tickets to my downfall. Was this a huge mistake? This isn't rap. Is this right. my downfall? Like even that being the album. Like, yeah, the album name. Like, yeah. You, one could say he was built down to, what was the word? What did we say before? Born was, down to be built back up. To be built back <laughs> up. What's the, what, what were we saying before? He was torn down, torn down, right? Torn down to be built back up. But I want to read you this quote. He, he did an interview with Kerrang and he said, uh, tickets to my downfall couldn't have been my debut album because people wanted to see other things. I had to get to a certain height to then decline and crash. So he literally says what we're talking about. Yeah. We had to see him get torn down down to nothing. (laughs) And I love this song because there's also just like some really, I I hate to call them fun lyrics, but I guess ones that I hear them and I'm like, that's really fucking clever. Like there's a line where he says like, if I'm a painter, I'd be a depressionist. And I just think that that's really fucking funny. That is funny. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I'm like, I see what you did there. Like witty line. Maybe. Like, is it a dad joke line? Maybe. I don't know, but I love it. I love it. And like, again, like that part of the song when he's, you know, when he sings that particular line, it's kind of like very smooth and, and kind of, you know, head boppy, but then when it yeah, gets into the, brings it back down. yeah. But then the chorus is like the whole, I use a razor to take off the edge, yeah. jump off the ledge. Like it's very high energy, right? Yeah. It's so good. And it's intermixed with all these little like fuck yous and like fuck it. And like all these yeah. things where I'm just listening to it. I'm like, this is like the most fun to, again, just sing to dance around your apartment to, or your house or backyard. You're having a bad day. Like, fuck yeah. you. You can literally like sing a song and say, fuck you. I love and it. It's so releasing to be doing that. I a hundred percent agree. Iconic. I love it. Um, it's back to you, Bonnie. What's another song you want to talk about? I love like play this when I'm gone. Ugh. I love that. Song. So good. It's not necessarily like my second favorite or my favorite song, but like it's definitely up there because they're all just really good. So it's hard to pick favorites, but it's slow. And it's like, you can, he's sad. And like, you can hear that. And it's so different compared to everything else on the album. So can I ask you, Bon, because when, you know, when we did the intro and when I told you a little bit about Machine Gun Kelly's history, I don't think you knew he was a dad. I did not. So this song was written for his daughter, Casey. I did not know that. I think that is absolutely like, that's going to land like a whole new, like, I want to just go listen to this song right now again, (laughs) just because I want to listen to it in that light. Cause I was listening to it as like a girlfriend play this when I'm gone or whatever, which is, I mean, nice in its own sense, but like saying that, like play this when I'm gone as a parent in that song as a parent. Yeah like gets me like I will probably cry listening to this song in that light now just like I miss my parents like I haven't seen them in like over a year I don't see them very often like that's gonna get me now <laughs> I know I know I know I don't mean to make you sad we're not gonna be sad no gonna be I know I don't want to be sad and like I still like I want to talk about this song because it's just a fantastic song and if it is about that like I think that's like 
that'll make me want to listen to it more. Like, I think that's so important that he like has this song for his daughter. I'm gone sometimes. Like you can't like, I can't be with my parents all the time. So like play this and like, think of me. And that's beautiful. It's very cats in the cradle in a way. Yeah. (laughs) So now that I know, like, it, without being as obvious as Cats in the Cradle. Thanks for that one. I'm sorry. Do you remember, Bon, the time you came to visit me here in Toronto? And uh, I think it was maybe when you and I were going to go see 1975. And uh, we were just like sitting on my couch watching music videos, as we do when we usually hang out. Hi, no worries. And we were watching um, just like a throwback like playlist on YouTube or whatever. And there was a Christina Aguilera song. And I think it was Hurt. And the whole video was like circus themed, but it was like her and her dad. And I just remember looking over and Bonnie, you don't really cry that often. Bonnie's not a crier. I don't cry at all other than my parents. Other than your parents. And I remember that. Yeah. I didn't remember that until you said that. Until you said, I remember crying. And I literally look over. I look over and you have tears rolling down your face. And I was literally just like there, you know, like we were probably drinking like fucking white claw or something. And I was like, yeah, getting ready for 1975. Bonnie, isn't this video great? Oh my God. Are you okay? Like, just like, <laughs> just over having an emotional breakdown. Don't mind me. I think that's what really gets me about this song. I actually, so because I knew that Machine Gun Kelly was a dad, that's where my mind went when I first heard this song. And I think it was the the lyrics for me that really stood out. Like, I love the fact that it's it's kind of like genre-less. Like, it's not really pop punk. It's not really rap. It's not really alternative. It's like, just kind of like an acoustic just, ballad. Yeah, he's just, yeah, that's a good way. It's an acoustic ballad. It's not, it's not the pop punk or like the punk or rap like that the rest of the album is or that his previous albums has been it's just like a very I'm just gonna sit down as if I had a guitar and was like singing you to sleep I guess like now that I kind of know the background yeah or like in my mind before if it was just like sitting down with you on the couch like before I go somewhere and I again I really do like the lyrics and um you know he says I hope you get to go to all the places that I showed you when I was on the road and couldn't be home to hold you part of me doesn't want this cruel world to know you so just try and keep in mind everything that I told you. And then after all of that happens, he goes into this whole, like, I'll miss you part. And he just keeps repeating, like, I'll miss you. I'll miss you. I'll miss you. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where, like, all right, I get it. But then he keeps going and you're like, no, now I, like, get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very powerful. Yeah. Now you, like, you keep saying it. Like, it must just be, like, what you think about. And I think, like, the lyrics in this song, like, are more thought through than the lyrics in the other songs. Not that I don't enjoy, like, I think the lyrics in the other songs are fun, but like these ones, he clearly like thought about in more of like a, this is fun sense. Yeah. It's a song about support. And I think that that's huge, you know, having growing up and like, I think both you and I are lucky, lucky enough that we grew up with parents who really supported us from day one and loved us and were there for us. And Machine Gun Kelly didn't have the most supportive system when he was growing up with his mom leaving so young and then his dad leaving and coming back and then getting kicked out. And then he actually lost his dad in 2020 and they, you know, they had a complicated relationship, but I'm sure that that was still very pain for him. And maybe we'll maybe talk about that in a few minutes, but like, it's essentially like a message to his kid that like, no matter what happens, I'm going to be there for you. And I'm always going to love you. And like, I don't know, knowing his history now, this song means so much more to me. Yeah, it's he. It's important to him to say that because like he didn't have that. Like I, I'm just used to that. Thinking of someone who doesn't have that like doesn't really cross my mind. Yeah. Even though I know that's out there. 
but like, I'm just so used to having that strong support system. I would never say like, or think I'd need to say like, I will always be here for you because that's just like something I would expect. Yeah. It's unsaid. It, it doesn't yeah. need to be said. So like just the fact that like this is in words, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Virus threat. <laughs> Way to just ruin this beautiful moment I'm having here. Thanks. You know what? We Virus needed a moment to bring us back because we were getting real deep and we needed yeah. Windows Explorer to bring us back. Thanks Windows. Yeah. Thanks for warning me of this. Thanks Bill Gates. <laughs> Thanks Bill Gates. You're nothing without Melinda. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's a beautiful song. I love this one. I'm glad you brought it up because we've kind of been on this a little bit more, um, deep side, profound side of the record. I do want to talk about the song lonely, which I always really liked in listening to the album. I remember watching downfalls high and I watched the whole thing. Unlike you, I put myself through that shit. You're stronger than I am. I'm sure it was lovely. I just like have the shortest attention span. And I was like, I'm going to just go listen to the album. No, listen, this is this is no shade to Machine Gun Kelly or Travis Barker or Mod Sun, any of the guys who worked on this film. Like the music is incredible because it's literally this music. Yeah. yeah. But dude, the the reason why I watched it was because I was like, I don't know what to expect, but I know it's a musical that involves Machine Gun Kelly. So like I'm on board. Was it the best musical I've ever seen? No, definitely <laughs> not. But side tangent, I don't think I've talked about this in the pod. So, you know, no time like the present. In quarantine, I've also discovered uh Lil Huddy who is a uh, former TikTok star turned rapper slash singer who was the star of Downfalls High. Oh. He's a mere 18 years old. He's a fetus. I'm obsessed with him. He has clear skin and beautiful eyes and nice teeth. That's impressive at 18 years old. At 18 years old. And I think he's the cutest little thing and I want to marry him. If he wants to marry someone like 10 years older than him, that's his decision. He's Um, super hot. I don't know why he wouldn't. But I also watched that because I was like, Lil Huddy's in it. And I really want to see Lil Huddy like do his thing. So there was also that piece of it. In the Downfalls High movie, this comes at like a very like serious part in the film where there's been a death of one of the main characters and it's very tragic, very sad, all of that. But I didn't feel the same level of emotion watching it in Downfalls High as I did just listening to it on my own, especially doing research for this session and hearing about Machine Gun Kelly's past, similar to Play This When I'm Gone, hearing about um, how Machine Gun Kelly was living with his aunt. And I, I read a few interviews where he talked about how important his aunt was when he was growing up and somebody who was constantly there for him. And suddenly those lyrics started to make sense. So just to like quote for example, um, Machine Gun Kelly says in the song, I got in trouble the first time my dad saw me dance with the devil. How are we so opposite? I lived with your sister, my first home since mom had left. So like, you know what I mean? So after his mother left, lived with his dad, lived with his aunt and his aunt kind of became his primary caregiver. So I'm like, well, that totally makes sense. Now he alludes to the aunt and how she was so important, but also he talks about his dad. And there's a part in the song where he says, the last time I saw you, I cried. I wish you had more time left. The last time I heard you, they held the phone. You took your last breath, which is a direct narrative. Yeah. Every time I listen to the song, I didn't even know the background about his dad, but I assumed that that was about I don't know why I thought dad, but like, I immediately knew he was talking about his father. Yeah. I was like, he's talking about his father. His father is dying. Yeah. And his, his father passed away in in 2020, I think right before the album came out, but like, that's just heartbreaking and very like poignant to be so explicit in the lyrics about like, this is exactly what it's about. Right. I'm saying this, I'm not alluding to it. I'm going to say it. Yeah. And And it's impactful him saying that. 
Exactly. And he's like, you know, the song is called Lonely and he keeps saying in the chorus, like, I'm lonely without you. Like, even though him and his dad didn't have the best relationship, like, they still loved each other. Yeah, It was still father-son. Yeah, 100%. I'm hoping, Bond, maybe you can turn things around with something a little more peppy, a little more upbeat. Okay. You choose wherever your mind goes and you tell me where you want to go next. I think those were the only two kind of like slow, meaning valid. on the track to be completely honest we've that. covered we've made it clear where we're kind of also leaning towards but I also would like to talk about forget me too I love like that's a fun song just it gonna is. build it right back up to again another song I think it's on like the radio it's another like hit song it's not just like a deep cut from the album or anything yeah but like it's a fun song and Halsey is so fun and I've tried like blasting this song when no one's home and like singing it and I forever just like butcher it I cannot but that's not important (laughs) it's just I cannot like successfully sing this song without being like wow that was the cringiest thing it's because Halsey's register is so high. Like, I I love Halsey's voice. I think she has a great voice. Like, I don't know a lot about her music, but I like her singles. I like her hits. And I love this song, too. Yeah. And she sings at such a high register that I'm always like, I'm wasting so much time. Like, I have to sing really high to match her. But I have a very, like, deep register. Like, I sing much lower than that. So I cannot, I just end up like squealing and I'm off like tune and I'm like, I know this sounds bad. This is how Bonnie sings. How to get to Hades town. You got to take the long way around. <laughs> That's, I fucking love Patrick Page. Take oh, me. So good. Take me. But this song is really fun and I'm, I'm really glad that you brought it up. And um, I don't know if you've seen the video for this song, but it's also an interesting one. I like the video. I think it's fun. It is fun. It's very fun. It's, it's kind of awesome. strange, but it's fun. I dig it. I can get on board. I don't know the significance of the eight ball. There's a part where Halsey's trapped in an eight ball and I don't get that. I don't know. I don't get most music videos to be entirely honest with you. It's a good point. They're all a lot deeper than I care to understand. But that's all right. That's all right. I'm sure there's a reason for it. It's fun to sing to because I feel like especially if you've ever gotten like broken up with or have your heart broken or whatever, you kind of get the sentiment where you're like, you want me to forget you? Well, then like forget me too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, you have to also do it. It can't just be me hurting and being sad. Yeah, it's a, like, it's a great breakup song. It's just a great, like, I'm not, like, I'm feeling mad about something for some reason. Who knows why? I don't know why I'm feeling mad. It probably doesn't matter. Yeah. But I'm going to be mad and I'm going to sing this song or listen to this song and, like, feel justified. Justified liberated i am vindicate do you know that song dashboard confessional oh maybe i do i don't know you'd probably like it honestly i'll send it to you <laughs> it is it's, it's a good song though it's fun it's like dancey it's high energy and yeah. it just makes me want to go crazy yeah i don't have much else to say about it other me than neither. it's fun it's dancey i can like rage to it and like Again, like shake my head to it and like bang against the wall if I was allowed to do that here. But shake my head and bang against the wall. These are what you want to do to the song. Like (laughs) just hit the wall. Not head bang, separate, two separate things. Bang against the wall and shake your head. And shake my head at different times. The newest dance craze sweeping the nation, swiffering the nation. 
to a tech talk near you. So if anyone has not listened to the Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music podcast before, basically what we do at the end of the record is we rate the album out of five of whatever the drinks we are drinking tonight. So in this case, our beautiful grapefruit slash blood orange, bloody Valentine cocktails, (laughs) Um, whatever it is that we decided to put in there. There's a lot of champagne in this version that I just made. It's very sparkling, but that's fine. So Bonnie, what I'm going to ask you uh, to do at this point in time is to offer up your final thoughts on the record. And then how would you rate it out of five Bloody Valentine cocktails? Okay. So I, like I've mentioned, I think a couple of times, this album, like through quarantine has helped me like ground myself and remind myself like that I'm more fun than just like the daily grind. I'm at my computer working and it helps me like bring myself back to who I was when we were in like university or like high school and how much like I was just loving life. I love almost every song on the album. So I have to give this album five out of five bloody Valentines. I like this album. I can't say enough about like, it sounds cheesy to be like, Oh, I love machine gun out or machine gun Kelly's like pop punk album. But like, it just reminds me to like have fun. And I think that's important. So it's five out of five for me. It's so important. I love that you just went for it. And it's a mixture of like, I mean, it's a lot of like, I love this album and it feels good, but it's also like the Kiara influence of it. And like, it reminds (laughs) me of like us in university and like, we have fun and like, I don't know. It's just like a fun album, like in all senses of it. So I have to go all in, like no regrets. I love it. No regrets living. I I love that. I love that. Also, I have to just say, Bonnie, you are not a boring person by any means. You're one of my favorite people in the entire world. And I love you. Sometimes I feel like I am. You're not. What I really like about this album, what I really liked about my experience in growing to love it as much as I do is I very rarely change my minds. I hold music grudges really hard. Fair. There's an artist I do not like. I do not like them forever. Fair. I don't go back and explore their music and like check out their new stuff and give them a chance number two. No, Fair. I have made up my mind. I do not want to listen to your music. And that's usually up until this point how I've been. But this record completely changed my mind about who I thought Machine Gun Kelly was Fair. and the type of music that he could bring to the table and like the kind of artists that I like, like even in listening to Machine Gun Kelly, that's what led me to Youngblood. That's what led me to Mod Sun. It's what led me to, even as I hate to admit it, but Ian Dior, who I don't know if you know Ian Dior, but he's featured on, um, what's the song called? Nothing, nothing inside. Okay. Um, and he's a child. I think he's like 22. It's ridiculous. But, um, <laughs> But in listening to Machine Gun Kelly and hearing these collabs, I've also like opened myself up to this whole new host of artists that I probably would have never given the time of day. Okay. So I really love that. I think it's a testament to him as an artist that he was able to successfully pull this off because not many people can do that. Forgetting what you're famous for is not an easy thing to do. And he completely was like, no, this is, this is, this is the point of the album. The point of the album yeah. is to be pop Maybe punk. this is a mistake. Maybe this is the tickets to my downfall. Maybe this was a mistake, but like, I'm going to do it because it's fun. Maybe I don't know why he decided to do it, but it's but impressive. I think this is who he is. Yeah. This is what it's, it fits more with like his weird, quirky kind of cr- cringy, wrong, grungy kind of vibe. And so while I do love all of those amazing kind of macro factors that play into this album. And I love the album. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to give it a perfect five out of five. And the only thing that's holding me back, I'm going to give it a four and a half, really, really close, 
The only thing that's holding me back is, you know, in the past when we've done episodes of the podcast and I've given five out of fives, there's usually a lyrical component that sucks me in. That's fair. And I do really like these lyrics on the song. It's fun to sing along to, but I feel like for me, when I really connect to a song, it's because I hear a lyric and I'm like, holy shit. Like I get it, you know? And yes. some of the some of the lyrics on the album on a little bit more surface level. That's not to say that he's not a good lyricist because I do think he's speaking from his heart. I just think he might not be as poetic as some of the artists out there. But that's okay because it works yeah. for Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, they are more surface level. They're fun songs. Yeah, it draws me because it pulls me back to like fun. But it's not that like they're deep songs that I listen to this and I'm like, ooh, that's me, or like I feel like that's my life. We get sneaks, sneaks. We get sneaks. Sneaks peeks of it, sneak peeks of it when he sings, you know, um, lonely. And when he sings, play this when I'm gone, I see that. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to give it a four and a half because I feel like the, it, it was there, but he's also able to make it fun. But compared to some of the other records where I feel like I've rated them a five, I, I don't know if I could give it the same. So between the two of us, that's a 4.75 out of five. And that is a great rating. That's pretty damn good. Okay. Well, Bonnie, look, I I have to thank you for coming back on the podcast. This has been so fun talking about such a, such an important record, I think to both of us, especially over this last year. So thank you for coming back on the podcast and talking to us today. Thank you for having me, Kara. I love being here. It's so much fun. I'm so glad you had fun about anything, but I love chatting about music. Me too. Me too. And I can't wait uh, for you to come back and join us again, but until then I will bid you Adieu. So long, farewell. Auf Wiedersehen. Good night. Indeed. Farewell.